Okay, gentlemen, we're continuing Shila Ma'alot. So far, we did how many Pesukim? We did three Pesukim. Sa'inai le'arin, Ezri me'im Hashem, Al yiten l'amod l'alecha. Remember what that was? Al yiten. Next Pesuk. Let's go. Hine. Hine means behold. Hine, by the way, is Lashon Simha. It's a language of sharing something happy. Hine. Hine lo yanum. Lo yanum means he doesn't slumber. Well, well, for us we'll call it, he doesn't doze. Snooze. Hashem doesn't snooze. The word yanum means a light sleep. Whatever word you want to use for that. We'll call it snooze, but it means a light sleep. Lo yanum velo yishan. And Hashem doesn't sleep. Shomer Yisrael. He is the guardian of Yisrael. Let's repeat that. Hine. Something good he's sharing with us. Lo yanum velo yishan. He doesn't snooze and doesn't sleep. Why? He's Shomer Yisrael. He's watching Yisrael. Now, this pasuk doesn't really make so much sense in the way it's written. Because if I tell you Hashem doesn't even take a little amount of sleep, Lo Yanum is a little sleep, dozing off. If Hashem doesn't even doze off, of course he doesn't sleep. If I tell you this person, he never dozes. So obviously he's not sleeping. If Hashem, Lo Yanum, which is lighter, as he's watching Am Yisrael, he doesn't even, Yanum, right? He doesn't even snooze a little while he's watching our people. So of course he's not going to sleep. How can a Shomer sleep? Sleeping is worse. You follow? So how come the Pasuk says it like that? Hine lo yanum velo yishan. Of course if somebody is a Shomer and he's doing his job to watch and we say he doesn't Snooze, of course. He's not sleeping. That is a question on this pasuk. It's a very famous pasuk. We all know it, but it doesn't fit so well. Hine lo yanum velo yishan shomer Yisrael. You got the question? So why is the pasuk written the way it is? How do we read it? So I'd like to share with you a thought comes from a book called Ibn Yahya. What does it mean? Let's go back to understand. What does it mean that Hashem doesn't sleep? I mean, obviously He doesn't sleep. He doesn't need to sleep. What is that trying to uh, visualize when it says He doesn't sleep? Why would He sleep? In what context would He sleep? If He's watching Am Yisrael 
So what would that mean when he says, I'm going to sleep? He's not going to sleep because he's tired. So why would Hashem sleep? So the answer is that when Am Yisrael isn't behaving like Am Yisrael, Hashem says, you know something? Why, why would I watch you? We have a relationship here. You're supposed to do something. As Am Yisrael, you have a special mission in the world that I created. And I watch you to be able to fulfill that mission. And now that you're not behaving and you're not living up to par as Am Yisrael, so why should I watch you? So, so Hashem sleeping is not a sleep of tiredness. It's a sleep of no longer being relevant to watch Am Yisrael when they're not living like Am Yisrael. He's protecting us because we have a mission of Am Yisrael. When we act like a goy and not like Am Yisrael, so that special protection is no longer uh, uh, it's no longer needed. No longer needed. Because the special protection, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, there's a special protection for Am Yisrael. And uh, that protection is no longer needed if we're, if we're going to act like everybody else. Just like when you have a very important uh, uh, per person in government, he has uh, Shomrim, they watch him always because he's an important person. So he's a person they can't lose in, in, the, in the government or in the country. So they have to make sure that he's extra protected. So too. Wow, what a mashal. When there is someone who has a special mission and a special job, so they need extra protection because they're more vital for what's needed. If you have a doctor, for example, who is a master at healing people, so you'd want to protect him more than you protect anybody else because it's essential to have him around. When Am Yisrael is living like Am Yisrael, so they need extra shmirah. They need watching. Hashem himself watches them to make sure they're able to fulfill their purpose for this world. But what happens when Am Yisrael doesn't live according to their purpose? What happens when the doctor is not doing his job? He's getting drunk every night and he's not around to heal people. And they gave him all this protection to make sure he stays safe and to be available to help others. What happens when the doctor is not around to heal people. So then, why does the country need to protect him if he's not doing his job? So one might say that when Am Yisrael is not behaving like Am Yisrael, Hashem says, I'm done. I'm sleeping from protecting you. Meaning, meaning, the sleeping is not because I'm tired. The sleeping is because there's no reason to protect you anymore. Because you become like everybody else. So you're the same value as everybody else. Now, in that area, there are two levels. You can have a Jew 
who basically lives like a Jew, but has intervals of not living like a Jew. Or you can have a Jew that's worse, that Bechlal altogether doesn't live like a Jew. So that's what the Pasuk means. Mean if I have a Jew that's living like a Jew, but not fully, he takes his breaks from his job, maybe often, but he's still living basically like a Jew. Hashem says, Loyanum. Don't for that for that guy who's not really living up to his ability and capability, Hashem says, I'm not going to snooze from that guy. When a Jew is not living up to par, one might say Hashem will lower his focus on him, his shemira. Pasuk says, no, lo yanum. Even if a Jew is not living up to par, Hashem is not taking breaks from him. What about a Jew who's completely off? Maybe, maybe that one, okay, at least the first one, he's still, uh, he's still in the parasha, he's still holding someone. That's why Hashem says, I have hope for him, so therefore I'm not going to snooze for him. What about, a, what about a Jew that's fully off? Hashem says, even him, lo yishan. Don't think because he's off, I take off. So we're talking about two different types of people that Hashem is watching. That you might think he's not going to watch them anymore. Hashem gave up on them. And he, he does not, he's not interested in them. The Jew who is half-half and the Jew who is totally off. In their lo yanum velo yishan. Whether Am Yisrael is halfway or fully not, Hashem is not losing his position and hope to watch over us. Now, what does it mean that Hashem is Shomer Yisrael? Hashem is the one who watches and guards Am Yisrael. What does that mean? This is the question of the Midrash. Let me share with you a Midrash. And don't get upset when you hear this Midrash. The modern mind, when they hear this Midrash, you're going to find it a little upsetting. But don't be upset. You have to explain it. After we explain it, we'll be able to understand it better. First, let me read the Midrash. Midrash says, Bechi Yisrael bilvad hu shomer. What do you mean Hashem is the guardian of Israel? Hashem only guards Am Yisrael? Hashem is watching everything. You think this world can exist for one moment? If Hashem is not going to watch it? We learn. Hashem is making the world every second. He's taking care of the world every moment. What do you mean he's Shomer Yisrael? Isn't that um, downgrading the Creator? Imagine Hashem is watching the whole world. And you say, oh, he's Shomer Yisrael. He's much more than Shomer Israel. He's Shomer the whole world. That's what the Midrash is asking. Why would you downgrade Hashem's accomplishments? He is Shomer every human on every part of the planet. 
He shomer every animal. He shomer every bird. He shomer every fish. He shomer every planet. He shomer every star. He shomer everything. You take someone who shomer some, something so big and you say, he shomer Israel. Isn't that a downgrade? Why would you say Shomer Israel? If you say he's Shomer everything, so Israel is included. Why would you say Shomer Israel? It's not respectful to the one who is guarding everything to say he's guarding Israel. That's the Midrash's question. It's a powerful question. We say this all the time, Shomer Israel. But the Midrash is not so happy with it. Midrash feels it's not it's a downgrade. When you praise Hashem, try to do your best to make it high, not low. Shanehemar says the Midrash, I have a pasuk. Asher beyado nefesh kol high. In his hand, every living creature, everything in this world is Hashem's watch. Says the Midrash, Matalmud lomar. Shomer Israel. So why does it say Shomer Israel? Kaviachol says the Midrash, as if to say, Eno Shomer Ela Israel. Whoa. That Hashem is only watching Israel. He's only guarding Israel. Ubishvil Sheshomram. And because he's guarding Israel, that's why he's guarding everything. He's guarding everything because he's guarding Israel. The Midrash is saying, you know why it says Shomer Israel? Of course, of course Hashem is Shomer the world. But we're trying to tell you in this Pasuk, why he's Shomer the world? He's Shomer the world because he's Shomer Israel. We find... Something very similar. But before I tell you the similar, what the Midrash is talking about is the first Pasuk in the Torah. Bereshit bara Elohim et shamaim aretz. Very familiar Pasuk, which usually is translated Bereshit. In the beginning, bara Elohim, Hashem created the Shamaim and the Aretz. That's how usually people translate it. But really it's the wrong translation because the word Reshit in Hebrew doesn't mean in the beginning. Rather, it means in the beginning of. So usually the word Reshit has something after it, like Reshit Deganecha. The beginning of your grain. Reshit bikure admatecha. The beginning of the fruits that come out. The word reshit means the beginning of. So you have to say beginning of what? You can't say bereshit in the beginning of Hashem created. Doesn't make sense. The way, the way to say it in Hebrew is barishona. Barishona means in the beginning. Bereshit means in the beginning of. And then he says, 
Bara Hashem. Does it make sense? Therefore, Hazal tell us that the word Bereshit, even though simply we do translate it as in the beginning, because that's the literal meaning of the Pasuk, but it's written not in the right way. And there's a reason why it's written Bereshit. And Rashi brings this right in the beginning of the Torah. Brings the Midrash. The Midrash says, I will read for you the Midrash. Bereshit Bishvil Yisrael Shenikreu Reshit. In the Navi, we see Am Yisrael is given the name Reshit. Reshit means the beginning of or the most important of Tevuatov, Hashem's produce. Hashem has produce. They're called humans. Reshit Tevuato is Am Yisrael. So Bereshit means, the Be means, Bishvil. You wanted the Torah is coming to tell you not only that Hashem made the world, that's the simple explanation, but it's also hinting to why He made the world. Bishvil Reshit. Because of Reshit, referring to Yisrael, that is why He made this world. What does that mean? Let me explain to you what that means. It doesn't mean that when Hashem made the world, He thought of a nation called Yisrael. That's not what I mean. That when Hashem made the world, He had a very high purpose for the world's existence. He didn't make the world for the planets. He didn't make the world for the stars. That's obvious. He didn't make the world for the oceans. He didn't make the world for the mountains. Even though there are billions of stars, endless amount of space in the solar system, and water to no end, oceans, lakes. He didn't make the world for the fish. He didn't make the world for the animals. He didn't make the world for any of the things that we see in this beautiful world. They're there, but that's not the purpose of creation. The fish isn't why Hashem made the world. Now, are we supposed to take care of animals that they don't have pain? Oh, yes. We already, for 3,300 years, before the animal activists uh, all preaching about the uh, taking care of animals, Already in Am Yisrael, 3,300 years, we have a rule from the Torah, Tsar Ba'alehaim, you can't cause pain to animals. But that's not the purpose of creation. The monkey is not the purpose of creation. They're an important backdrop in the creation. The world needs monkeys. And the world need, needs elephants. And the world needs dogs, and it needs cows, and the world needs fish, and the world needs water and mountains.
But that's not the purpose of this world. Just like by a wedding. Go to a wedding at 6 a.m. What do you see? 6 a.m. The day of. What do you see? You see people with, with blues. And you see people wiping windows. They're cleaning to make sure the place is clean. You come in at 8 a.m. You see people bringing in flowers. You see people bringing in chairs. You see people bringing in tables. You see them bringing in all decor that's coming in for the wedding. You come in at 11 o'clock. You see the cook coming in with all the people in the kitchen and they're starting to make the food. You come in at 1 o'clock. Starting the photographer starts to come in with all his crew. He's getting his cameras ready. You come in at 3 o'clock. The music guy is setting up the band, the speakers, the microphone. Follow what's going on? Come in a little bit later. And then people start to walk in. The guests start to come in. They sit down. Everyone takes their seat. And then start the marchers. Now it's 7 o'clock. The marchers come in. The hazan comes in. And then the parents and the grandparents, everybody walks in. Until finally, who is the end? The centerpiece. Finally, the centerpiece. You get the hatan and kalam. From the morning, people are walking into the building. But they're not the, the guy who's cleaning the floors is not the purpose of the building, of the, of the wedding. But he is an important piece. All the people there are very important. But it's all about the Hadan and Kalat. If the Hadan and Kalat don't show up tonight, so all those people are completely unnecessary. They're important because of them. But if they're not around, they have no value. When Hashem created the world, He had a specific goal. A very high goal. The goal is that there would be humans that would come down on this planet and they would become godly. They would become godly means, not like we use the word godly, oh wow, that was godly. No, godly means that they will be an image of Hashem in all of, it, in, in, in all of its aspects. Their way of life will be a life of Kiddushah. They will be the godliness in this planet. But it will be only through free choice. The world wasn't created for people to eat and drink and go on vacation. That's not why the world was created. The world wasn't created so that we could have pleasures and make money and spend money and lose money. The world wasn't created for that. It's an important part of the world. Yes, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to sleep, and sometimes you take a break too. But that's not why the world was created. The world was created 
for people to come into this world and become a Tselem Elohim, but in the full sense of an image of Hashem. That means the Halachta Bidrachav, Halachta Am Yisrael is commanded in the Torah that we need to live our lives copying the ways of Hashem. That's a very tall order to tell a human that he needs. Imagine I told you, you have to look at Hashem and you have to copy. And I would say, I have to copy Hashem? What do I have to do with Hashem? It's like telling an ant he has to copy a lion. Could you imagine telling an ant, you know what your job is? See what that lion does? You copy him. The ant would tell you, are you out of your mind? What do I have to do with the lion? I can't do what the lion does. I'm a little ant. I'm not a lion. When you tell a human to be like God, that's much worse. It's a much bigger difference than an ant to a lion. An ant to the lion already is in the ballpark. When you tell a human being, you have to be like Hashem. What are you talking about? Be like Hashem. Be like the creator of the world. What does that mean? But that is the purpose of creation. As, as wild as that sound, as, as, as far-reaching as that might sound to an average person, our mission in life or the, or the purpose of the creation is that humans would elevate themselves to become godly. Their kindness would be a godly kindness, not the fake kindness that's practiced in the world where people invest so they can get a good name or people can talk nicely about them. Not that kind of kindness. A kindness that comes from within. And by the way, not the kind of kindness where somebody comes and says, I need your help. So therefore you give him. No, no. The kindness that stems from within, like God's kindness. Nobody asked Hashem to create the world. Nobody needed him. His kindness came from within him. To elevate ourselves to the kindness of Abraham Avinu. To be calm and patient like the creator of the world. Not to get angry. To have compassion like the creator of the world. To live emet like the creator of the world. All the different parts of our lives to be elevated to a godly life. Time becomes precious. Effort becomes a necessary part of our building of Kedushah. Wisdom. What more could we be like Hashem than the wisdom, to have God's wisdom, to know right from wrong, to understand what to do, what not to do. That is the purpose of the creation of the world. Remember that. The world wasn't created for the sun. Even though the sun is way more powerful and bigger than any one of us. It wasn't created for the sun. It wasn't created for anything else. It was created for a nation or people that would commit themselves to this mission of becoming godly people. When Hashem made the world... He didn't, uh, he didn't go short on his expectations. What was mentioned here, as David Amelech says, Olam hesed yibaneh. 
Why did Hashem make the world altogether? For what reason? Hashem has a midah called chesed, kindness. Like I mentioned, not a kindness where someone needs you and therefore you give him not that kind. Much higher than that. A kindness that it's oozing out of you the desire to do something for someone else. That midah of kindness brought about the creation of this planet. Hashem created humans to be able to give them a perfect gift. Imagine Hashem created you and me so that He'll give us a perfect gift. Hashem's gifts have to be perfect because He's perfect. Someone who's perfect can give a gift that has a blemish. What is the perfect gift that Hashem can give us humans when He created us? Hashem said, I made you. I made you so I can give you the perfect gift. Remember, Hashem's gifts cannot be anything less than perfect. They have to be perfect. His perfection doesn't allow to give gifts that are subpar. So therefore, when Hashem made me and made you, what is that perfect gift that Hashem can give us? What is the only perfect being in this world? The creator of the world. He's the only thing that's perfect. Hashem gave us the ability to be like Him. That is the, perfect, the, the, the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation is that humans will have the ability to be like Hashem. Like Him in every way in their wisdom, in their behavior, in everything that they do. Hashem created us and He gave us the greatest gift, which is to be like Him, to be perfect like Him. But notice, notice, He only gave us the opportunity to be like Him. He didn't make us like Him automatically. Why didn't he make us like him automatically? It would be even better. Instead of sending us down to this planet and giving us the opportunity, like the Rambam says, the Rambam says anybody who comes down to this world, if he wants, he could be from the greatest people that ever lived. If he wants, anybody here could become the greatest human being. And if he wants, he could be the biggest Rasha. Why did Hashem give us the chance to be like Him? Why not make us like Him from the get-go and give us the gift straight? The answer is because and I mentioned this once before to you. If Hashem would have made us like Him from the get-go, then by definition, it means we're not like Him. One more time, let's say it again. I know you didn't get that. If Hashem would make us like Him from the get-go, meaning He would make me and I would come into this world already full wisdom, full character, beautiful midot, kindness, emet, compassion, the whole thing. If I would come into this world fully complete like Hashem could do, if that's how Hashem would make us, by definition, it would mean that we're not like Hashem. 
Why? Why? Because Hashem, one of the great attributes of Hashem, as we see every day in our lives, is that Hashem is the giver, the ultimate giver. He's constantly giving. Hashem is not a taker. If Hashem would make us like Him, that means all of what we have was taken from Him. Which by definition means that we're not godly. Because godliness means you're a giver, not a taker. If you're a taker of your godliness, so it's not godliness. It's anti-godliness to be a taker. So how can Hashem give us godliness that in itself would be against godliness? You follow? Because godliness and being a taker doesn't go hand in hand. Oh, how did you become so wise? Someone gave it to me. Oh, you're a taker. Okay. How did you become so compassionate? Oh, someone gave it to me. How did you become so patient? Someone gave it to me. So then, that's not godliness. So what did, I, what did the Creator do to give us the perfect gift? He gave us, He put us in a world, and He gave us the ability to create our own godliness. Which would mean that the godliness would come from within us. Just like Hashem's godliness, nobody gave it to Him. It was from within. Our godliness has to come from within. How would He do that? Look at the brilliance of the Creator. He created a world and He gave us all the options. He created this unbelievable system of free choice for every human, for every person, for every hour, for every minute. Everybody's got their own choices to make. And everyone's got to choose right from wrong. And it's always got to be a balanced choice because if it was too hard, then it's not a choice. If it was too easy... It's also not a choice. So the balance of free choice has to always be there for people to be able to choose. That's why the Gemara says, As you get greater in life, you might think it gets easier. No, the Yetzirah gets stronger. He has to get stronger because if the Yetzirah doesn't get stronger, as you get stronger, then you have no more free choice. It becomes easy for you. If your Yetzirah, when you're a great person, is the same Yetzirah when you were 12. When you were 12, you were struggling. Should I watch the game or should I go learn? But when you get greater, that's not even a choice. It's a silly choice. To watch a game, with a, to go learn, what are you talking about? That's not a choice. How am I going to make that choice? So his Yetzirah is done. Because that was his Yetzirah when he was younger. His Yetzirah when he was younger was on silly things. But when he gets older, if he's dealing with the same Yetzirah, it's a no-brainer. That's not called free choice. What happens to the Yetzirah as we get greater, says the Gemara? Your Yetzirah becomes greater. He will attack you in different ways. He will become stronger in certain areas. Why? Why is Shem's trying to make us miserable? No, because it has to be free choice. The whole purpose of creation is that we should make godliness from within us then we'll be truly godly if Hashem would hand us godliness so it's not godliness it's by definition against the very word godliness 
And that's why Hashem made the world the way it is. And that's why there's a Midrash that says a beautiful Midrash. Seemingly a very hard Midrash. I'll end up with this. Tomorrow we'll continue. We're not done. Not even close. But the Midrash says on the sixth day of creation, the Pasuk says, Vayar Elohim et kol asher asa vehine tov me'od. Hashem says, I made, he, he wanted to tell us this, by the way, so we could have that same mindset. A lot of times, unfortunately, we look at the world as a very bad place, as a very ugly place, as a very sad place, as a very cruel place. Hashem says, no, I want to tell you, this world is tov. What, is the, what does the word tov mean? Thank you, Jack. Perfect. Not good. We say the word tov means good. When we say the word good, humans, when they use the word good, they don't mean absolute good. So for example, if I tell you, this guy is a good guy, does that mean he's perfect? You say, what, good guy? I saw him yesterday. He spoke Ashara. No, no, I didn't tell you he was perfect. I meant he was good. I mean, he's better than others. When we say the word good, we usually describe something better. So when I say, oh, this guy's a very good guy, it just means Compared to some very bad people, he's not like that. When Hashem uses the word good, it's not a comparative good. Not comparing. When Hashem says, Hashem said it was good. What does is, what is good in Hashem's language mean? Good means absolute good, which means perfect. Hashem said, I looked at the world, Elohim. he saw the world and he saw it was good. Tov means perfect. But it says tov me'od. It's very perfect. Now anyone knows that the word very perfect makes no sense. You can't be very perfect just like you can't be very honest. Right? Anyone tells you he's very honest by definition means he's a liar. That's what he's saying. That's what the words mean. Because obviously he understands the word honesty means Sometimes. So he's very honest. Yeah, and he is honest most of the time. There's no very honest. Very honest means you're a shakran. You can't say I'm very perfect. There's nothing better than being perfect. And he are you very perfect. Comes the Midrash and says, says the Midrash, Tob. Perfect is referring to the Yetzer Atov, our good inclination. What is Tov Me'od? What is very perfect? Says the Midrash Yetzer The evil inclination inside of us that pushes us to do bad things. Oh, says Hashem, that's very perfect. Anyone reads the Midrash, first of all, is shocked. But the Yetzara is called very perfect. What does the Midrash mean? Let me tell you what the Midrash means. According to what we said today, it's beautiful. Perfect means to be like Hashem. What makes us like Hashem? Our Yetzara Tov. Hashem says, I made Tov. I made a perfect view. By giving you the Yetzer Atov. But. 
that perfection, even though it's perfect, it would be given to you. If I gave you the Yetzirah Tov, it would be perfect, but it would be handed to you. So what's real perfect? What makes your Tov really perfect? Yetzirah. The Yetzirah makes your Tov your own. That's called very perfect. Because I could have made you perfect, Tov, you would have looked perfect. But I made you with the Yetzirah so that your perfect could be really perfect. Because it would come, visually it may look the same, but I want it to come from within you. I want that perfect picture to come from within. And who gives you that opportunity? The Yetzirah. The Yetzirah creates a stage for you to choose that perfect image that I made for you. Tov me'od. The purpose of creation is for humans to choose to become godly. And therefore, when Hashem made the world, He didn't make people godly. He made humans with the choice that they will choose to live a life of godliness. That's how Hashem made the world. He didn't create it for Yisrael specifically. He created it for any human that would choose, or any nation that would choose to take on as their mission to live a life of godliness. That's what it means. Bereshit. This world wasn't created for simple pleasures or simple accomplishment. Bereshit. It was created for the Reshit. It was created for the top humans that would choose to become godly people. That is the perfect, the purpose of creation. And everything else is the backdrop. That's why in the Torah, I'll end with this. Look at how the Torah begins. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim. You know how big Shamayim is? You know, have any idea how big Shamayim is? I told you, in this galaxy alone, there are over a hundred billion stars. Many of them larger than the sun. The sun compared to the earth, the earth is like a little peanut compared to the sun. There's a hundred billion stars in this galaxy. And this galaxy is one of millions. Now, big the Shamayim is. You know how much space in the Torah is given to Shamaim? How much real estate is given to talk about Shamaim? Bereshit bara Elohim et Shamaim We're done with Shamaim. All of that in one word, Shamaim. It's over. Now, where, where's the focus? All of a sudden, we, we take the whole world, we that's not important. Not important. Now let's focus. Aretz. The whole focus is on the Aretz. The whole discussion of Bereshit is about the Aretz. And then the Torah speaks about Adam and speaks about all the people that lived. That was the focus of the creation, about humans. And each one had the choice to become the purpose of creation. And then it got to Abraham. 
and then Abraham, there's Ishmael, and there's Yitzhak. Then after Yitzhak, there's Isaac, there's Yaakov. And after Yaakov, Avinu, the rest of the Torah talks only about one nation. Only about the nation that chose, that chose to become the purpose of the creation of the world. We'll discuss that more tomorrow. But that's what it means, that's what it means when we say Bereshit. The Torah is telling us that the creation of the world was not for the sun, for the stars, not for the monkeys or the elephants, and not for anything else but to create the great, perfect human being. Who would choose to become the Reshit? That would be the choice of every human that comes onto the planet. We'll continue tomorrow. We're not done.